Amen. Can we bless the Lord right now together? Come on, continue to clap your hands, lift up your voice. Lord, we love you, Jesus. Come on, I will bless the Lord at all times, and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. Hallelujah, Jesus. Can we have something to praise him for today? Lord, we worship you, Jesus. God, we magnify your holy name. Lord, you're great, God, and greatly to be praised. Amen, amen. It feels good in the house tonight. Amen. Tell somebody you're glad to see them today. Give them a high five. Welcome them out today. Amen. As you make your way back to your seat today, we're going to go before the Lord in prayer. Please make sure you keep a couple of things in prayer. We do have revival this coming Saturday and Sunday. My brother George Herb, that's going to be this Saturday at 6 o'clock and Sunday at 1030. Invite somebody out. Come expecting God to do a great thing. Amen. Come on out today on those days, the 5th and 6th of Saturday and Sunday. Also, Vacation Bible School, please pray for it, that God moves in a great way for our children and everybody involved with that. We'll take all other prayer requests by lifting of hands. Amen. Let's go before the Lord boldly today. Lord, we love you and we praise you, God. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for everything you've done. God, everything you're going to do. Thank you, Lord, for your love, for your mercy. God, thank you, Lord, for your grace. God, thank you, Lord, for another opportunity to be gathered together, Lord, with one mind and one accord in your house. God, to be in your presence today, Jesus. God, I pray, Lord, you touch and bless, Lord, every prayer request. God, every need, every situation. God, you know and you see, Lord God, what we came in this house with today. God, you know the needs, Lord God, before we even know them, God. I pray, Lord, you move, Lord God, in a great and powerful way. God, I pray, Lord, you prepare us, Lord Jesus, our hearts, our minds, and our souls for what you have for us tonight. God, prepare us for revival, God, this weekend. God, help us, Lord God, to align ourselves with your will. God, I pray, Lord, you give us ears to hear, Lord, and a heart to receive, Lord Jesus. God, lay somebody on our heart to invite, God. I pray, Lord, you touch Vacation Bible School, Lord. God, you'd anoint it and direct it, Lord Jesus. God, I pray, Lord, you send children, God, send families. God, we can invest in them, Jesus. God, bind us together, Lord Jesus, with one mind and one accord. God, we love you. We praise you, Lord. We worship you. We honor you today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise today. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we thank you, Lord. You hear our prayers, God. Amen. You can be seated just for a moment for ushers to make their way up this evening. Like I said before, revival this coming Saturday at 6 o'clock Sunday. Remember, it is a 1030 service only. Be here at 1030. The evangelistic service will start then. There will not be any Sunday school. Teachers, you're welcome. Take a big, deep breath. Amen. Vacation Bible School, June 9th through 11th, next Wednesday through Friday. We're excited about that. I hear it's going to be out of this world. Amen. Somebody's wearing a fish, but I don't know. Work days for Vacation Bible Schools, Monday and Tuesday from 3 to 7 p.m. Please come out. We all need all hands on deck. You know how we go out with this and, uh, and do just a great job. So please make sure you come and help with all the decorations, the setups, and everything. If you want to participate, see Sister Michelle. I know she's got a spot for you. Also, if you've been saving items for her, please bring those to the church by this coming Sunday. Uh, if you have anything to bring for that. I believe it's water bottles and paper towel rolls boxes, anything like that. So please, pop bottles, two liters, 20-ounce water bottles, bring those in, please. I heard the kids are going to make some stuff, and I already told the bishop we may have to replace some things on the side of the church building, depending on how those take off. We'll leave it at that. Amen. Insurance, let me know when that goes into effect. That by next, there you go, by next Wednesday, make sure it's good. Amen. We're going to take up our offering today. Grab that offering in your hand. Brother Thomas, go ahead and pray over our offering for us. Amen. Go ahead and march up your offering today. Continue to praise and worship with us.
To break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. To break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power. Break every chain. Oh, can you feel it in this place? Break every chain. 
Praise the Lord. Come on, give that to the Lord tonight. Come on, somebody break some chains right now. Come on. You might be going through something, but let the enemy know tonight. I've been set free by the blood of the Lamb. I've been set free. Amen. Hallelujah, Jesus. And I have joy. I have joy. I have joy in knowing I've been redeemed. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, break those chains. Break those chains. Lord, set free tonight, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord. Hallelujah. Come on, can you hear it tonight? Can you hear those chains falling? Praise the name of Jesus. Praise the name of Jesus. Come on, we can't magnify the name of the Lord too much. There's no such thing as too much praise and too much worship. Come on, there's not enough. Amen. Praise the name of Jesus. Oh, Lord, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. You're my Lord. You're my Redeemer, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Brother, hang on. Get him. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. You can be seated. Come here. I just want a hug. Let's just, let's just do this right now. You know, I, I'm not the kind of person to embarrass anybody. That's not my M.O. Sister Augustine, don't hide behind. Get up. Get up. Don't hide behind that pew. Stand up. Are you standing? Oh, there you are. Okay. Somebody said she's 90 years old today. How old is she? 78. Are you just 78? Why, you youngin? Amen. We're going to sing happy birthday to you. Amen. Let's do that. You want to start it? Yeah. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear mama. Happy birthday to you. I love you, Ma. Praise the Lord. Amen. If we can, if we can take somebody's goat away from them, we can do that around here. Amen. Amen. All right. Kids Quest. You are now, di- wait a minute, where's the, where's the staff? Let the staff, slow, let the slow staff get moving back toward the back. There you go. Now, Kids Quest, you're, you're dismissed. Amen, amen, amen. While they're being dismissed, I have a special announcement to make. I want the church to know what I'm fixing to do. I plan on tomorrow going to the police department filed charges against Sister Laura. Uh, abuse. I have proof here. If somebody will take some pictures tonight before we, I can have those to go with me. But uh, everybody's asked me, what's Sister Laura do? What'd you say? I said, well, actually, uh, I walked out here to this corner, out here to the tree, and there's a big old limb hanging out of the tree yesterday. And I thought, boy, that's going to fall on somebody's car. So I grabbed that and started twisting and twisting. I thought when it goes, because it's so t- heavy, it'll fall that way. And when it went, it went. <laughs> Almost knocked me down. So no, nobody would have found me for probably hours. I don't get no sympathy around here at all. Everybody, oh, that's great. Amen. Grab your Bible tonight. We're going to go to Proverbs chapter 6. Usually when you start out jovial, it means there's a, a tough lesson ahead. Somebody told me that one time. said, man, when you get up and joke, I know that something big is getting ready. Boy, you're getting ready to lay it out there. Amen. We're going to, t- we're going to t- talk about something that just makes the devil mad. Amen. Proverbs chapter 6, verse number 16, very familiar passage of Scripture. Amen. We talk about, we hear about all the time. These six things... Doeth the Lord hate? Yea, seven are an abomination unto him. A proud look, look around. A lying tongue. Well, I'll just give you one good example right now. I told Brother Tanner, I said, I'm glad you're here tonight because I'm not the ugliest guy in the building tonight. Lying tongue. 
hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that deviseth wicked imagination, imaginations, feet that are swift, be swift in running to mischief, a false witness that speaketh lies, and he that soweth discord among the brethren. Tonight, I just want to just minister something that's been on my heart for a few weeks now. Amen. Been kind of looking at this and asking the Lord when is a good time. And I feel like this is what the Lord has given me for tonight. Amen. You can be seated. Uh, but the list of things that God hates is he, right here that I just read to you is specific. Uh, and I want to talk about that tonight because I think it's important that we revisit some things. And you hear me say it often. But we need to talk about what God hates. What God hates and what God, amen, is, is looking at and what he has to deal with. And you've heard me say recently that uh, I woke up not too long ago and, uh, and the Lord just let me know, don't, don't people realize, don't people realize I feel lonely sometimes? I feel isolated because any kind of rejection uh, is not good. And when the Lord deals with people and, and people reject him, uh, I, know that's a, uh, it's, I know it has to be a difficult feeling because he so loved the world that he gave. And so it's important for us to see this. But I, I want to spend a little bit of time tonight on something that God hates. And in fact, let me say it this way. <clears throat> if God hates something, look at your neighbor and say, if God hates it, we should be affected by it. We should hate it. We should be interested in knowing. We shouldn't be nervous. I hope that when I read this text that it didn't make somebody nervous. Oh, Lord, here he goes. No, it should be something. You know what? Lord, that's great because what God hates we should hate. Amen. We're his bride to be. We ain't married yet. Ain't come yet. Yeah, all right. But when you look at the list here, and I just want to just kind of repoint out, he says a proud look, a lying tongue, Solomon here, right? A lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that deviseth wicked imaginations, feet that are swift in running to mischief, a false witness that speaketh lies, and a person that sows discord among the brethren. That lets us know, amen, that has to do with the church. And I think, amen, when he says that the number seven is an abomination, uh, that ties it all together, all six, it lets us know, amen, the things that's on God's heart. Now, I'm going to try to hit them all. I'm going to try to go through them all. But there's a few of them here that I think it's important that we visit. And the first one is, is the first one that the Lord focuses on in giving to us is a proud look. I hear crickets. You hear that? Cricket, cricket. No, a proud look. And I'm not going to get on a big clothesline message or things like that. But it talks about pride, being pride, being proudful. Pride promotes self-sufficiency. This is what I feel like the Lord wants us really to push and teach on tonight rather than godly sufficiency. Amen. We've got to learn to be more dependent on God and less dependent upon ourselves. We worry more about how we look, amen, in a mirror or to other people. And we need to understand, we need to be concerned about how we look in the face and the eyes of God. Come on, I'm talking about, I'm not talking about when we're at church. I'm talking about when we're outside the church, amen, when we're away because we are the church. Amen. We're the four walls that when we leave this place, amen, we're out there. And so when we look at pride, pride is something that's very, that really needs to be talked about even more. Because it, it takes us away from being uh, sufficient in knowing that God's there for us. Because pride is a spiritual thing. Because God hates it. That makes it a spiritual thing. God hates the sin of pride. Now, look at me. Pride is an attitude. We, attitude, we learn attitude. So pride is a thing that we learn. God hates the sin of pride because pride is an attitude. It's dangerous. Why? Because it promotes, I want it my way. I don't care if Tanner is here. It's hard to beat this. It don't get any better than this. Oh, you're laughing, but that's the way some of us feel. Wherever we're at, we're the show. Wherever we're at, we're the item. Wherever we go, we're the big dog. He just made reference to me as a dog. 
No. The attitude is, you know, I want it my way, and no one can tell me what to do. That's pride. That's being prideful because that's the attitude that's against what God says he hates. Now, now I know people say, oh, Bishop, is that true? Yes, pride is opposite of humility. And God tells us and teaches us, the Word of God tells us and teaches us that we're to be humble. Listen, I've been in restaurants and I've seen some of us, man, we lose our temper. We lose our train of thought. We, we lose our mind over a, a sandwich. And it's easy to do when you're pulling out a 30-foot hair. But in most cases, it wasn't probably the waitress, probably somebody in the back. On our job, somebody's not doing the job like we think they should be doing it. And we're not the foreman, we're not the boss, but we've got to make sure they know that we don't like what they do. Come on, God doesn't only simply dislike a prideful attitude, but the Bible says that he detests it. It's an abomination. It's an abominable thing to the Lord. And if something bothers God, come on, church. Come on, spirit-filled Christian. If something bothers the Lord, it should be bothersome to us. And we've got to learn to change our attitude and the culture, amen, so that we cannot walk in pride. Proverbs 6 and 5, throw that up there. Everyone that is of a proud heart, look at that. Everyone that is, a prou- is proud in heart didn't say maybe. Listen, there's some matter of fact stuff in the Word of God. Is an abomination to the Lord. Didn't say maybe God's okay with it. And can I tell you this, and I want to make sure I set this tone, because God reminded me in the shower tonight. Make sure, watch, make sure Amen. An abomination, what God detests, what God hates. Make sure the people know mercy and grace in the New Testament don't trump what I hate. God hates sin. Amen. And mercy and grace will never trump what God detests and what God hates. I'll show you at the end here, amen, what God says about it. But notice this, because you cannot... Everyone that is in a proud heart is an abomination to the Lord. Not to me, not to, it's to the Lord. If God hates something, we've got to take notice of it. And we've got to be reminded. We don't hear too many messages today about things like this because it's not popular and it's not fun for us to kind of consider. We want to, it's kind of like the news. It's always negative, it always seems bad. It's not negative because if God hates it, that's a great thing for me as a Christian. Because it lets me know where I stand and where God stands on some things. And he said, listen, a proud look is something that he detests. So some of you that worry about how you look all the time, stop. There's nothing wrong with taking care of yourself, and I'm not saying that at all. But I'm saying when we start crossing lines and we start going beyond what God made you to be, and he made you to be an example, he made you to be a witness, And when we get beyond that, we've got to be very careful because there's a real fine line. Because he says it's an abomination to the Lord. Listen, everyone that is proud in heart. Now, you can't be proud. Look at me. I want you to hear the preacher. You can't be proud and be holy. You can't be proud and be holy. Pride gives a person credit for things that only belongs to God. Come on. Some of this stuff going on in the world. God made you a man. God made you a woman. God made you who you are. You decide to change it. That's an abomination to God because now you're trying to change something that only God has the power and only God should get the credit for. Come on, hear the preacher. Amen. It's time that we, the church, realize that we've got to take a stand and we've got to let people know God hates this kind of stuff. He does. He hates it. You can't be proud and be holy. Pride gives a person credit for things that only belongs to God. James chapter 4, verse 6. God resisted. I want to bring in both 
Old and new here because I don't want you to think, well, Proverbs is just the old thing. The old and new. God resisteth the proud because everything's threaded through the word of God. What God hates is still threaded through the word of God. God resisteth the proud but giveth grace to who? Why is it we want to be prideful first and then when we get humiliated, we humble ourselves? You know how many times I've thrown a fit only to realize I threw a fit? I'm glad we ain't taping this one. I, I, I mean, think about it. You know how many times we go, get all worked up, and then later go, well, that was stupid. Made myself look bad. God, what do you think? <laughs> well, I'll give you grace if you humble yourself. He gives grace to the humble. First Peter chapter 5, verse 5. Be clothed. What does that mean? Put on. Put on humility. For God resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the humble. Ha! Huh. It's like these two guys talked. It's like they conversed and, and put all this together. And I promise you that didn't happen. No, they didn't. Now, let me, let me tell you a story. Young ladies, listen to this. Those of you that think you're hot stuff. I want to close this point of pride with this thing. A young lady came to the pastor and said, Pastor, I have a problem. And I'm not sure if it's sinful. I want your help. That's always a good thing, coming to preach, huh? When I come to church, I can't help but feel like I'm the prettiest girl. Tiffany? No. I can't help but feel like I'm the prettiest girl in the congregation. I can't help but think that way. Please help me with it. So Pastor Purdue told Sister Kirsten, I mean, I told her, I said, I'm going to use your name tonight. So the pastor told the sister, he said, don't worry, sis, it's not a sin problem in your case. It's not sinful to feel that way. It's just a horrible mistake. Sorry, you're not the prettiest one in the, in the congregation. It's not sinful. You just, you're just making a big mistake. You're not, you're not, you're not there. Sometimes we need to have our bubble busted that way. But, you know, I thought, you know what? It, it would be great if somebody was that honest. You know, I think I'm it. You ever seen the Addis family? Well, let me introduce you to your cousin, it. Because next to a proud look, now let me get through some of these things here uh, that he talked about here. Because... Next to a proud look, to me, there's nothing more sacred. And this is the next part of proud look being number one. And then the, the second listing is truth. Think about it. There's nothing more important. There's nothing, amen, that we can look at. There's nothing that we can talk about more important than truth. He said, he said a proud look, a lying tongue. Telling the truth is so important today. Young people, listen to me. It's better to be truthful. Because I'm going to tell you something. I've learned by experience. We think we're pretty sharp, but we forget the lies we tell, and the next thing you know, we're caught. Because now we've got to tell another one because I forgot I told that lie. And so on and so on. It just happens. But to God, listen, there's nothing more sacred than the truth. Sometimes we don't want to hear the truth because it's not in our comfort zone. But these things that God hates, it shouldn't make us discomfortable. It should make us comfortable in knowing, amen, that God hates a proud look. And he doesn't like at all a lying tongue. Why? Because truth is sacred to God. Nothing is more than an abomination to God than a lying tongue. The devil. Why? Think about it. Because why is it, why should we hate it so much? Because you look at me, everyone, you're, every one of us are in the shape we're in because of that stinking lying devil. Oh, go ahead, you ain't going to die. 
you're all right. What God said don't mean nothing. That's what he's telling some of y'all now. Oh, you don't have to worry. You don't have to listen to your parents. You don't have to listen to your grandparents. You don't have to listen to people. You don't have to listen to the preacher. Why? Because the devil from the beginning was a liar and was a murderer. And let me tell you something. Amen. If you'll think about it, sometimes our lies can thread in. Amen. Where it's going to cause somebody, going to cause blood to be upon our hands. And guess what? We might be shedding some innocent blood and not realizing where we're at. Because of our lies. But the devil, amen, guess what? From the beginning, he was a liar. So lying and shedding innocent blood are, are a hatred to God. God can't stand it. Because in them, guess what? Is the devil's image. All that's ungodly. Let that process a minute. We're made in the image of God. Think about that. Because God had a plan long before the devil was smart enough to convince man to fail God. God already had it covered. You think about that. God's got this covered now. No matter what you're involved in, no matter what you're doing, God's able. you already seen down the road. God's able and God's in it, but you've just got to realize, uh, amen, what truth you're going to believe or what lie you're going to listen to. Because in these things is the devil's image. In the heart and the head of, uh, of the devil uh, is just these devices. The heart and head of all these, he says, is wicked imaginations. It's evil by birth. Think about that. It's evil. It's, it's nothing but the adversary from its birth, from its conception. So when we, listen, that's why it's important for us to know. When we're involved in, you know, we call these little lies. Uh, I'm not sure we can say that nowadays, but white lies. All lies matter. There you go. That's good. And, I, you know, I could say I'm BLM. Bishop's lips matter. That's a, that's a stretch. No. Think about it. I mean, listen. The heart and the head of these devices that is listed here about the things that God hates and the, and, and, and the wicked imaginations is nothing but evil by birth. It's satanic. It's subtle, knowing that, guess what? How to, and it teaches how to carry out things, amen, that's not godly. We get, look at me, we get slick. There's some people, man, that can lie. You know, we say lie through their, man, they're good at it. Convincing. I bet you got uh, I bet you got stuff in your house you shouldn't have bought. Because you believe the lie of Ronco presents. You've got to have that on your counter. Yeah, I said it's satanic. Because it's subtle, slick, knowing how to carry out. What is that kind of spirit? What is that kind of spirit? Do. It teaches it, and we learn how to carry out these things like covetous, envy. I would venture to say, and you know, because the world is a world, but in the church, my Lord, there's so much envy and strife. We got to be careful. We think things, we let our imaginations, we let things run wild with us. Next thing you know, people hate you, they don't like you, they don't care about you. You've already heard the lie of the devil. Most of you, amen, before you ever come to church, all they want is your money. But you don't mind giving it everywhere else to anything else that really don't matter. <laughs> How about vengeful or revengeful thoughts? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I had to deal with that today in Walmart. I ran across the bells. I heard them hours before I finally caught up with them. I'm in aisle two, and I heard them in aisle 19 loudly. And I said to myself, should I go and see them or should I hide? <laughs> Why? Because these kind of things on a spiritual level is effective. It, it hurts the things that God 
tries to get accomplished. Feet that are swift in running to mischief. <laughs> what does that mean? Impatient. Oh, my Lord. Greed. Our feet, man, we're quick. We're quick to, to entertain those kind of things. Why? Because that's the motivation. I've got to have it now. I want to, I mean, you know what? I mean, just as soon as I get out of the drive-thru at Taco Bell, I'm on that thing and I'm telling everybody, my God, I was 15 minutes in Taco Bell trying to get me a taco and a burrito. And the idiot at the counter had the nerve to take my money after making me wait. I mean, we say all kinds of things. Listen, it's funny, but, and, and you know, we, we even feel justified in some things. But in the eyes of God, God don't like that stuff. Because the enemy has made it very slick and supple to us where it's okay. It's okay for me to tell Tanner how ugly he is versus me. See, I picked him up on a bus when he was good looking. I don't know what happened. I guess you could look at me and say the same thing. Uh, you get older. No. We find it so easy. And, 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 and we've got to be careful because it's nothing but just being supplable. And, and, and the enemy just loves because our feet are quick and the motives, the motivation to do things. False witness. Well, here's a good one. Watch this. You're exactly sure we're not online. False witness. What is that? Oath breakers. I swear to God. I swear on a stack of Bibles that tall. For better, for worse, for rich, for poor, in sickness and health, till death do us part. Oh. You can't talk that way nowadays because the majority's done been there. No, we've got to start training these kids up now. When you take an oath to God, God takes it very serious. And so your mate, and so the person that you're looking to take a vow to, amen, don't be an oath breaker. Well, I'm devoted because they won't give me my money, the money I want. They won't do this. Listen, that ain't what God looks at. God looks at you promised and you swore by oath and you wanted a church wedding. Do you know how many people I've told over the years? You want a church wedding? You want to say vows? You want to do this here, but you're not involved in church and haven't been? What's, what's the connection? Well, I think it's important to let God know that we're in this for the long haul. Sounds good, looks good on paper, until the storms of life blow in, and then it's hard. Talebearers, come if you look at that because that involves even a lying spirit. You know what that means? It means it's motivated to hurt. What can I say to Zach Johnson that's going to just get him good? I know a little bit about his past, so I'll, you know what? I'll say something mean about how he used to be. Ain't that the devil's business? You done come in, done got forgiven, but somebody, somebody in the church or somebody's going to remind you of what you used to be and what you did. And you know what's worse? I'm going to go tell somebody else what he did years ago because I'm mad at him now. Gabe, when things are motivated, see, that's, this, that's how subtle things are. The enemy loves that. We, you know what? We just embrace it like it's matter of fact. We just embrace it like it's nothing to it. But of the seven things that God lists here, lying is involved in two of them. Have you, have you ever thought about that, put it together? Lying is involved in two of them. Now, the last thing here. Those that sow discord among brethren, that's sisters too. Look at your neighbor and say, that's a sister too. Now think about this one. I don't know about y'all, I'm having fun. Me and the Lord, we got something going on. No, I, I love the Word of God, even when, it, even when it don't fit in my holster. Oh. Because the, the last, the seventh, that he says, that so discord among brethren. Now think about this, because God is love. Can I get a big amen? 
God is the God of peace. And he hates anyone, and I say anyone that sows discord. Because it disrupts what God is and what God does. And I'm telling you right now, from the pulpit to the back door, every one of us are guilty. Or have been. And I hope that we get better as the future moves along. Because we can sow discord amongst each other. And that means that we slander one another. We tell tales. Stories of less fortunate, you know, issues. Things that happen to somebody. Stirring and aggravating. Well, you know. Let me go back to Zach. You know exact. You know what, you know. We did. Yeah. Well, that's what happened. Like that. No. It's what we do. I know what you did back in 1990. How many wasn't born in then by 1990? Yeah. But I'm going to tell you what somebody did in 1990 in the church. Man, I wasn't even born. What are you telling me for? Because you need to know. In case they try to hurt you. Come on. God said, listen, if you can't forgive, you can't be forgiven. Come on, if we can't get over, why? Because he says, I hate this kind of stuff. It's not me. It goes against everything that I am. Amen. I'm the God of peace. I'm the God of joy. I'm the God of power. I'm the God of love. Because to sow is simply to cause a dislike, distrust, and a division. Those who sow discord think they can tell what? Look at me. Now listen, I hope this ain't anybody here. I hope this is just a prelude of helping us be better so that we don't allow this. I'm not saying anybody here. I've not heard. I'm not doing this because, oh, there's something going on and Brother Purdue's got to just. No. This is, a, this is a thing that God wants to remind us every once in a while. Hey, listen, I hate this kind of stuff. Those who sow discord think they can tell anything, anywhere, anytime, to anybody. I'm trying to hear if I can hear somebody's heart thumping. Is he exposed? I think he knows. No. We shouldn't be able to feel like we ought to be able to tell anything. Anytime, anywhere, to anybody. You know, well, my, my, my friend told me. What a friend. Because listen, you've heard me say this, and I say this to young people all the time. Hey, be careful about you telling your friend a secret. Because they got a friend that they can tell, and then their friend's got a friend that they can tell, and then their friend's got a friend, and then the next, the next thing you know, you're connected to Amway. That big old, that big old, you, somebody don't even know what I'm talking about. That big old circle that comes all back around full. Now, how many have ever been in one of those sessions in your life? Hold that hand up, Barry. Some of you more, yeah. Amway's the greatest thing under the sun, yeah. And if you're a distributor, I'm sorry. But it's the truth. Anything, anywhere. Now, I said this, and I'm going to wrap up here. Revelation 21. Because it tells us, it tells us the things that will happen. We want to get all prophetic. We want to get all, listen to me, we want to get all revelatory. You know, all the, all the you know, the things in rapture and, you know, post-pre and, and all what's going to happen, the, the wrath of God and the tribulation. Listen, we better just stick to knowing what God says he hates because we can define it. We can thread it, and we can see what it does. Look at verse 7, chapter 21, verse 7. He that overcometh, awesome, look at your neighbor say awesome, shall inherit all things. I don't know about some of y'all, but my plans, my daddy probably ain't going to leave me nothing but bills. I plan on inheriting everything that God has. Come on. That's the word. 
As much as we want to preach Acts 2.38, he that overcometh, but you got to overcome first. He that overcometh shall, not maybe, shall inherit all things. And he says, I will be his God, and he shall be my, my son, my daughter. Here's the next part. Verse 8. But the fearful, some of y'all need to quit rattling, shaking, scared, can't do nothing. Oh, my God. Fearful. It's in the book. Read it. But the fearful. Well, I'm afraid I'm going to die. Well, you'll be in a better place. Quit being afraid. Well, I don't want to lose my great. Well, then guess what? You need to get rid of that pride. Because you be, you're not become God-sufficient. You become self-sufficient. We're all guilty. Now, I'm not saying I want to go right now. I want to see my grand. I want to see the yes, sir. But I want you to know, amen, I don't want that to hinder me from saying, come, Lord, come. What your will is, what your will to be done. I'm not going to sit around worry and shake to death, amen, because I can't get to the doctor and get something I need because something, amen, sometimes has to come from God. Well, you ain't been through nothing. Quit lying to yourself. That's the devil's business. Done slicked up some of you and made you feel like, well, if I don't, I'll die. Well, bye. When you go, if it's God's will, he'll take you. Hear me. If it's God's will, you're going to go. Do we think that we can thwart God's will? The fearful, the unbelieving. And those two categories right there is enough to put fear in my life. That's scary. Because I can say, listen, I don't know how many that we could probably say tonight. They say, we say we're believers, but are you? Because if you're a believer, you're a doer. I'm about to finish so you can take a deep breath. But the fearful, the unbelieving, and the abominable. What's that? Those that commit abominations. These six things do the Lord hate. Yea, seven is an abomination. All the, they're abominations. When we, when we, that's why we need to learn about these and we need to know about these and we need to understand we've been slick, we've been, we've been taught, we've been, our culture and all these things has creeped in to make us feel like it's okay. No, it's not. You know, back in Proverbs 6, you notice what God says, a proud look. A lying tongue, those are listed first before you ever get to the hands that shed, before murderers. Look here, in the back of the book. Fearful, unbelievers, the, those that commit abominable acts, then murderers, whoremongers, what's that, fornicators, liars, not just some liars, all liars, shall have their part in the lake with, oh Jesus, he's talking about hell. Shall have their part in what? The lake which burneth with fire and brimstone. What's that? Sulfur. Very hot. One of the hottest commodities that you can use to create a hot fire. Think about it. Stand with me. But fearful, unbelieving, the abominable. These six things do it, the Lord hate, yea, seven are abomination. Well, you know, preacher, I, I think God's okay with my pride. No, he's not. He said he hates it. No, he's not. The devil's just been real slick and selling you a bill of goods. Maybe there's not been a man of God or not been the word of God come across your life to remind you or tell you. That's why sometimes, listen, in the church today, we need to hear about some of these things. And that's why the Lord spoke to me to say, listen, we need to make sure that the outside world, that's why we got to shut some of this off on Wednesday because we got to get personal. we got to talk about some things that God wants us to talk about for ourselves, for our sake. Because the only way we're going to help other people is when we get healthy ourselves. If every service we come in, all we're worried about is, is the pastoral team, us. What are we going to preach? What are we going to preach? I, I, we're going to have fun up here. 
How are we going to make everybody happy? How are we going to make everybody leave here feeling good? Is that our goal? Is that our goal to make everybody leave here feeling good so that when they look in the mirror, they say, oh, look at me, I'm feeling good. God says, listen, I made you. Don't that make you feel good? I made, listen, some of, you that, some of you that are like me, you're unique. I would say, man, thank God there's not another one like me. I knew you'd amen that. Is that a good even amen? No, it's, it's true. We're having fun, but it's the truth. Because the devil has been so slick in making us feel comfortable in doing things that guess what? And it's like anything else. And I, I was told this, uh, and I forget, I think somebody told me 21 times. I know in advertising, if something's mentioned like seven or eight times in a minute, in a minute, in seven or eight times, if they mention the name or they mention the product seven or eight times, people will remember it better. But I was told 21 times if somebody repeats a lie about something they did in their life, if they repeat it 21 times, it will become in their mind the absolute truth. Yeah, I got beat up. No, I mean, I, got, I beat a guy up, man. I mean, I put him in a hospital. And when you tell it 21 times... Your mind's done convinced. That's the absolute truth. I think if some of us would think about it, because the devil is just so slick, because he knows. That's why, listen to me, that's why routine prayer, routine fasting, routine Bible study, and I don't just say, mean to say it like in a routine. I mean, when you do it and you do it and you do it, guess what? It becomes, and the word of God becomes grafted into you. And to where everything, and one of, the, one of my coworkers, actually my boss there at the bus barn, mentioned to me one day. He said, every time I say something, you equate that to the Bible or to something in the, in the word of God or something about Jesus. Well, everything said, it's like... There's nothing wrong with it. Why? Because when you get it in you, when something's said, that's what triggers. Well, Elijah, you know, he thought he was the only guy left by himself. Found out he was. I mean, all kinds of things will creep. Now, worldly, let me go over here on this side. Worldly, every time a, a word is said, our mind goes, oh, my song. That, that's old Billy Idol back in night. That's old, it, it, and, and triggers the thought about oh a, a song or something. Listen, when all you think more about is that kind of thing, and what triggers your mind is that, then you need to step back and say, "Wait a minute, Lord, I need to give you some more of my time, some more of my effort." Come on, you've heard me say it. I don't know how many times I wake up and be doing something. All of a sudden, you're, you're humming or, you know, singing some goofy, you know, song or something you heard on a radio or something. It's the real thing, Coke. You know, it's, you know, it's, you, and, and, and then when you come to yourself, like, what in the world? 6.30 in the morning? Because I'm telling you something, I would much rather the adversary shake his head and say, my God, 6.30 in the morning? And you're talking to Jesus. You're singing a song about Jesus. What's triggering you is something about Jesus. You get in your car and your car won't start. You, you know you're getting ready to be late for work. And all you can think about, well, Jesus drove them out of the garden. He'll get me there somehow. He did. Let's pray. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you, Lord. Thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord. It is a lamp to me.